and home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It's a special edition of The Drive. We're yeah, a little different schedule here. A little different schedule for us. Uh, we haven't but seen each other in a while, too. It, it has been a while, and usually we see each other, well, every, Too much. every day or yeah, every other yeah. day or, well, when we wake up in the morning and I roll over and tap you on the shoulder. <laughs> that doesn't really happen. Uh, but it's kind of happening uh, for, for a training camp here. We're on this 8 to 10 shift. You can find uh, Steelers Nation Radio. We'll have live shows basically throughout the day, mm-hmm. uh, night shows as well. Uh, it's, we're going with a kind of a normal camp schedule here throughout the, the course of uh, the Steelers training camp here that kicked off last Thursday over at the uh, UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Yep. Today they move over to Heinz Field. Yeah, yesterday they were off, right? And yesterday yep. they were off. Uh, we'll also hear from uh, Kevin Colbert today at 11 o'clock. I'm going to oh, hustle on over to the uh, the stadium as soon as I'm done here and, and uh, see what the Kevin has to say. See what Kevin has to say. This we is do his these annual one, right? Yeah, we usually do these. They're pretty. Um, he'll come back to our pod. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's the main pod where most of the the writers are at. It's me and and uh, Pursuta and and uh, yeah. the, the guys from the the Trib and the Post Gazette. And um, he'll sit down in the, in our little common area and we'll we'll have a little impromptu press conference. First part of it is off the record, and then we'll go on the yes, record yeah. with uh, with some stuff. Um, no, that would be informative, though. Sometimes he'll give – like, I, I can remember a few years ago he uh, he was asked, you know, most of the time he won't answer this, but he was asked, um, you know, is there anybody you want to get some contracts done with? And, and he mentioned Chris Boswell. Lo and behold, like a week later, they signed Chris Boswell. Okay, nice. That's so we'll see what he I'm has sure, to say. I'm sure that's going to come up. Going to ask him about T.J. Watt and some of these other guys right, for right, sure. Right. And there's they a want, lot of guys on one-year deals. Yeah. And, you know, and there's a lot of cap room. They want know. to get uh, Watt done before the season starts. They'd like to get that out of the way. They still have $12 million in cap space. As I reported yesterday, uh, the Melvin Ingram deal has voidable years. Mm-hmm. That's the first time they've done voidable years with an outside free agent. Is it? I guess that makes sense. Because they did it with Ben. They did it with Juju. Yes. This is the first time that they've done it with an outside guy. It's really gaining steam in the league, and it's a bit of a loophole. I mean, it, it really is. And somebody asked me, well, why? What's the, the what's the the benefit of this? Uh-huh. Well, you can carry cap space over that you don't use to the next year. You can roll over your extra yeah. money, right? So even though it, it can hurt you next year, or it can be a, a positive next year. You, the Steelers still now have twelve million dollars in cap space. They had thirteen, a little over thirteen, when they went into yeah. the, the he's counting one and a half, right? He's counting one point six or something like that. So, if you don't use that two point four million dollars that you say you know you save by doing the voidable well, years, for him, yeah, it rolls over in the next year. Mm-hmm. So you got him. You save the space this year, just in case. I know these it, answers, but maybe not all our listeners do. So. Why not just give it to him now while you have it? And because then instead... you don't have it. <laughs> That's exactly because right. yeah yeah because they would have been down to nine million dollars mm-hmm. in cap space had they had they given it eight and a half. 
Well, now what if, what if something happens? But part two of that question, though, is even if Ingram isn't a stealer next year, you are going to be paid. He's going to count against your cap. He is. Yes, but you have a so but you have a, a, an ocean of caps. You're right able now. to roll the money over that you didn't spend on him this year, mm-hmm. assuming you don't spend it. Right to next year to pay that bill to pay that bill. So it really doesn't. Either way, you're paying him the money, and either way, it's going to count four million against the cap. But but you could do one point five of it and two point five. Or if he's awesome, you still keep him too. You still right? You just say, too. "Well, we're going to pick up your, you know, we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, we'll give you another year here. Here's another three million dollars, Melvin. Mm-hmm. How's that? How's that work for you? You're yeah. 33 years old. You know, we, we like you already count against the cap. Right. We'll, we'll keep you right here. Same thing with Ben Roethlisberger. Same thing with Juju Smith-Schuster. They still have that option to. Okay. It, they can sign. They can re-sign those guys. They're already counting. You know, it, it's it's all mm-hmm. semantics now at this point. Um, but you're seeing this a lot around the league. You really are. It's, yeah, too. it's, it's just to reiterate. I mean, not sure if everyone realizes the Steelers have the most cap space in the league next year. I mean, they're loaded with yeah, you know, buying power, and they still have a fair amount this year. So yeah, they may they have the ability to add someone from without outside the organization if need be. But it won't be Chandler Jones, no, right. who asked yeah, for a trade over the right. weekend. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's not going Watson. anywhere. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, you know. It, it's not going to be Xavier Howard. You know, I keep right, seeing that right. one brought up. Well, the Steelers should trade for Xavier Howard. It's not going to be Steven Nelson now. <laughs> it's died. not going to be Steven Nelson. Thank you. Yeah. He's, he's, that, that question is now out the window. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, is Steven Nelson resigning? Well, they gave 22 to Najee Harris. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pool, the slot corner that was with the Jets, is a yeah. name I brought up a few times. He also signed the, over the weekend. So and there's not obvious candidates. There will be but guys. People get let go. There will be guys let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we saw it with Joe Hayden uh, a few years ago. You see it every year with, oh, that's a surprise cut. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff happens. You also see those seventh-round picks for a guy that's going to get cut trades. Correct. And you can yeah. eat that contract. And, yeah. You know. So, you know, I've been asked about that a lot. Are, are, do you think the Steelers, um, now that they've done, you know, they, they went out and the big things, Melvin Ingram and, and, and uh, the offensive lineman, Chaz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Green. Green. Chaz yeah, Green. Chaz Green. Uh, signed last Monday, right before they went to camp, and everybody got, "Ooh, they're gonna go. Are they gonna sign this guy? They're gonna." Yeah, that was an obvious need outside right, linebacker. Right, right, right. And Chaz Green was cheap as could be too. And, and they were going to cut, to as, as I right. said last week, they were going to cut Jerron Jones. Right, right, right. That was going to happen. He was in. Stuff, he right. got in some off-field stuff. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to be here. So you bring in a guy who presumably is an upgrade from Jerron Jones yeah, because yeah. he's actually played in the league. He's got a better chance to make the team. Yeah. Um, Again, you you kept getting a lot of blowback. Like this guy stinks. He let up a ton of sacks. We're not saying he's Jonathan Ogden. No, you know, no. I mean, but he's he an might ad- not make the team. He's a depth guy. He's you know he's he could be useful. You know, and, he's yeah. an NFL player, right? I don't know Jerron Jones was exactly. He'd never been before in his in his career, and he was converting from defensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, you you're just basically. Uh, Bringing, yeah, bringing project, in a veteran right. guy, a veteran body, as opposed to a, a bat, you know. And if that went well, we might have ended up on the practice squad, and yeah. you know. But so what? I mean, oh well. Now I think they'll wait. You, yeah. They want to see these guys run around in pads at this point. Now it's time to learn now about you, what you got. They'll put the pads on on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. They'll have a, a week of practices in pads. They'll play the the Hall of Fame game up in Canton. We'll learn a lot. I mean, the next week is going to be very telling. Yes, yeah. I, I'm sorry, everyone's going to get super excited about camps open. It really is a version of minicamp. This was now, this was right. an extension of minicamp in OTAs. The offensive linemen aren't banging. You know, you're not seeing backs on backers. You know, what I mean, so it, it's it, it, things happen gradual at camp nowadays. So 
from here on out, though, they rev up, and more so than other teams, because it's not going to be long until they're playing a football game. Yeah, so this this week is, is the week that I've kind of been looking for. Mm-hmm. This is all part of the new CBA as well. Right, right. That the yeah, first, this isn't a Steeler decision. The first five as, days yeah. of camp, the first five practices are all ramping up to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be and, yeah. two days in, and then Mike Tomlin would have them in pads, and they'd, they'd be tackling that day. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. sure that's how he'd like to have it, if possible, but. There's some concessions here, yeah. of course. I asked him about that um, on uh, Saturday, and like you, you know, do you kind of yeah, what, what's your feeling on this? Because well, everybody's under the same rules, so <laughs> yeah, doesn't really matter what my feelings are right. Yeah, I mean, right. he says, as long as we're all working under the same rules, mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah, you know, it's, I'm going to do what we got to do. We're going to do. Mean, he's on the competition committee. I'm sure he had a say or a, he spoke up and thought what he thought was best. But you know, it's going to happen. Yeah, this it way is what it is. Right. That being said, they get – it's weird to me that you're essentially going to get a week of practices and pads before you play your first preseason game. Yeah. They That's not much. It's not much. Because here's, the, the rookies, here's their schedule. The they're going to play a lot. Yeah. They're scheduled for this coming week. They're going to practice today, Wednesday. They're off yesterday. Yeah. Practice Wednesday, today. today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. They're off Sunday because you have to have two days off in each week. Okay. And you said Friday's a night practice. Friday's a night practice. Yeah. They'll practice Monday and Tuesday. After being off Sunday. Okay, After right. being off Sunday. Wednesday will be a travel day to go to Canton. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to. Thursday's a game. I'm they'll sure be... they'll do some kind of walk. Do they do walkthroughs in preseason? Um, they might do a, uh, some kind of walkthrough just to keep the, make sure that the guys know what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of, it's going to be a lot of young guys playing in that. Oh, Canton yeah. game. I mean, we did walkthroughs in ballrooms of hotels yeah. at Pitt. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah. it's not like it's in, you know, everyone's in their shorts and then they grab snack and go to bed. Um, so, they'll they'll play the game, be off Friday, because that'll mm-hmm. be the travel day right, back. Right, right. Be back on the practice field Saturday, Sunday, and then you'll go into that next week, and they'll probably be off like Tuesday or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um that that's the schedule. It you know it's it's going to start picking up here. People think there's like with two days every days. day in in the blazing sun. I mean, it's not Th- those like days that. are over. Yeah, it's not like that at all. Those days are. And it's not over. like they don't go hard on these days. I mean, there's th- these practices starting today, I guess, will be as you said, very telling. Will be um, they'll be physical. I'm sure. I would I mean, imagine right. Mike Tomlin will go. Well, th- today they're still just in helmets. So tomorrow they'll put the pads mm, okay. on. So. Friday or Thursday, I'm sorry, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday will be padded practices, full tackling to the ground. That's, yeah, what, that's right. what I assume is going to happen. They have the night practice Friday. Saturday, he'll take it easy on them. I'm sure, right. And then Sundays, you know, they'll get into more of a, maybe a little bit of tackling. And then, then it becomes be a little more regimented, too. It's yeah. almost like game week. We got game week, game yeah. week, you know. Um, a little programming note I wanted to mention earlier because we are coming to you at a different time. But we will be eight to ten every one of those days they practice. Yeah. So I'm just that that's we won't. And then be you're doing, doing you're doing another show. show with Wolf right after this. Yeah, Wolf's this. gonna grab your seat at uh, at ten o'clock, and I'm on with him till eleven thirty. So people get sick of me every morning, but that's only on practice days. Only on practice days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna keep uh, keep uh, bringing you all the the updates and Steelers news uh, to get to some of the the news and notes that we've seen. Uh, we did see a, a couple of injuries um, the first couple of days. Uh, mm-hmm. J C Hassenauer. Yeah. Um, had some kind of knee issue with his left knee, uh, left practice on Saturday. Saturday they got really short at at, uh, at center. 
Because oh. Ken, Kendrick Green, who opened camp as the starting center, which was Which noteworthy. is newsworthy by itself, yeah. right? I mean, we talked about this last week, that you've been doing this an awful long time, and there aren't many rookies that are, were anointed, might not be the same, the right word, but open you know, camp, open camp yeah. as a starter. Harris is one of them, and Green is uh, is already, you know, take this ball and run with it, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, Mike Tomlin tried to uh, downplay that. Well, this is just uh, – He's, as he said, does, you know, he was asked, does this mean that Kendrick Green is a starter? He said, it means he's the starter for the Hall of Fame game. Okay. But that's what they're, right, right. they're, you know, they're setting Most third this up. Li- third round offensive linemen don't get awarded yeah. that under Tomlin, you know. Uh, so Hassenauer left practice. B.J. Finney then left practice. Ooh. So now they're down three centers. And uh, next thing you know, you, you see that. Uh, so who's next? It was. Um, you're straining here, too. Uh, I'm looking here yeah. for the name. Oh, it's Jean Leglue, who's, okay. a, who's a right tackle by trade. He's like 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. He's the <laughs> biggest center I've ever seen. Big, big tall guy. And then the the other guy was uh, – um, he's not even on that depth chart that I'm looking at there. Suffice it to say they were using – They were a little light. They were using seven. two tackles to yeah. snap the football. To snap the football. They got through to practice. Uh, Green was back on Sunday – which isn't the end of the world as the snaps are okay yeah. for that environment, but it would be for tomorrow. Right, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? When things are, you know, you, you got to block Tyson Alulu. Anthony you know? Coyle was the other guy. Okay. Anthony Coyle. So, you're kind of just getting through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they did have a plan in place. So they had those guys do some snaps like Mike Tomlin's. Well, you better know who you're, you know, in these kind of environments, who you're fourth and Maybe even fifth guy. It's just are. like any game day, you know. Because they only have three centers on the on and the that's roster. That's a lot. You yeah, think three is all you need. But you know, on game day, sometimes you only have one, or you know, a third guy's an emergency dude, or you know. So coaches, more than people realize, know what the death chart is: deep, deep, deep emergency time. Yeah, and it gets ugly. I mean, it doesn't yeah. mean that's you know <laughs> the way you want to draw it up. But that but, bodes well for a guy like Leglue that he was able to do that. Yeah, right. You know, I was sitting here thinking, boy, it's not good for Haas. You know, he's got he needs every break he can get, he needs every snap he could get. If Finney wasn't there, he could maybe shine a little bit. But that's how this thing, this game works: is somebody else gets the opportunity. There's somebody's going to be a center every snap. <laughs> you know, I'll say this about Hassenauer: he looks thicker this year. Does he? He looks. Uh, he doesn't stand out as being. He spent small. the he spent the off season in the weight room. Mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious that that he's bulked up. Good. Um, you know, I mean, he's uh, never going to be a giant. You know, no, I mean, there, he is right? what he is. He's not going to, you know, he did. He's not going to grow mm-hmm. height wise, but he's definitely added some some bulk to it uh, to his body. Um, That's promising. Yeah, but again, he missed, really did stand out as being little, little. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I think that the idea that Kendrick Green could be that guy is is uh, starting to settle in now. That uh, yeah, you know, I mean, they've been around him a lot since drafting him, and before that, to think right away we think this guy can be the starting center which is a mentally demanding job as yeah. well as physical i think that's extremely promising we also on uh, sunday saw antoine brooks leave practice early now he wasn't mm-hmm. limping or anything like that i don't know what the what the issue was he's another one they kind of have a plan for yeah here. but he's been working at that nickel spot he's rotating with arthur Millette there mm-hmm. uh we did talk to terrell austin on sunday and, and you know he was asked a lot about that and he says look we could we know that if worse comes to worse we can put cam sutton Right, you know, a you week of pra- that fallback, plan, a week right. of practice, and Cam Sutton's ready to be back, and you know, in mm-hmm. in the lineup. But we want to get him as much work outside as we can. Sure, 
It'd be great to find a nickel. You need to find, you know, they've got four guys essentially fighting for one spot mm-hmm. on the field. Who's that fifth guy? That doesn't mean they're all going to get cut. Right. You know, and they might be, and we see this even with Sutton and Hilton. Some of them might be situational, you know, I mean, if it, on passing downs versus first and ten or, you know, second and two. So that'll be a really interesting battle situation to really monitor. Yeah, but just because they're not working Pierre and Lane in there right now doesn't mean that can't be one of those two guys isn't the fallback. Mm-hmm. And they on know the outside they know what the they inside. have there with those guys. Well, that's why they signed Sutton to what he did. You know, yeah. We know he can do a lot of stuff, but we think he'd be best for the team if we can leave him outside and find a slot. But we don't have to. They don't have to. Yeah, yeah. they have time to figure those kind of things out. But uh, – we're going to take a break. All right. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly. We want to uh, thank Kel, Kel, uh, Kellen Gursky for being here with us early, early in the morning, keeping yeah, yeah. us on the air as well. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, our uh, our good friend Lance Zierlein mm-hmm. uh, of uh, NFL.com has put out a top ten list of the ten leading candidates to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. Oh, okay. I thought we'd uh, go down that, list. On that yeah. Um, he has, at number ten, Travis Etienne. Yeah, I mean, there could be a lot of big plays there. I mean, a, a combination of receptions and rushes. Um his, if they have a really good year, his teammates are probably going to get it though. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> you know the, what I mean. That's the thing. But ten might be too low for him. Maybe. I mean, you're talking about a first round running be back. Productive. Yeah. I mean, and, and I know they like Robinson, or at least the old staff liked Robinson, but that's not a huge hurdle to get over. No. You know, no. in terms of close to every down work. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, if he puts up 1,400 total yards, mm-hmm. and he's going to be higher than tenth in the voting. Yeah. I do think it'll be tough to get past his teammate, though, Lauren. I mean, if, just if the, the offense is good, he's probably a big reason why. Yeah. But then they'll get to Lawrence. I just, I mean, I just think he's he's lower than he should be compared to some sure. of the guys who are on this list. Sure. Like for fantasy, I, he's my second back. I would yeah. take of the rookies. You know? um, number nine is Javante Williams. He might be too low on this. Might list. be too low too. I mean, I, I think there's a really good chance that he takes over the starting gig. Probably not from day one, but not too far after. I'm not certain Gordon's going to be a, a Bronco when opening day comes around. Well, speaking of the Broncos, I know everybody thought that was the landing spot for uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Right, right. That's not happening. That's though. not happening. But they're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to run the ball a lot. Everybody, like all the assumptions that we saw about the Broncos, you know, I, we, we talked with the football outsiders last week, and they had the Broncos with the same win total mm-hmm. as the Steelers. I think you, you downgrade that now. I think so. I mean, I, I guess Watson could still be in the equation. But I, he's going to get suspended. Probably. You know, we haven't talked much about that, but he's at camp and there's not much news. <laughs> yeah, he but showed still, up at camp because he can get fined $50,000 yeah, a day for there. not being there. I was wondering even what he does at camp. Yeah. I mean, does he even get out of his car? You know, <laughs> Hi, I'm here. <laughs> but it's going to be Locker Bridgewater. Yeah. And that offense is going to struggle. But they'll be in the market a, a year from now. Yeah. And he says, you know, he could see he could envision a scenario where Williams, kind of like Jonathan Taylor last year, 
uh, gets starts getting the majority of the the snaps by midseason comparison and, and finishes strong. Yeah, I don't know that getting this starting to get to to play at midseason and being the full time back by midseason is going to be enough to get you. Maybe not, but I mean that up until that point he'd have to be decent as in a, a timeshare. Yeah, right, getting you know fifty five you know, yards a game, right? Something, something like, like that. that, right? And yeah. at the end of the day, you end up with thirteen hundred or yeah. twelve hundred something like that. This is where it kind of goes off the rails for me because number eight. Cause I think for him, I would have those running backs higher. Yeah, number eight for him is Trey Lance. It's possible. I mean, he's a third overall pick. Third um, overall pick, but they're going to start Jimmy Garoppolo. That seems almost certain. Yeah, but what if Jimmy gets hurt in week three? Okay, I but mean, you know, it's that, an if. It's an if. Uh, of the you rookie know. quarterbacks, I think Lance would be last for me. I know those running backs are going to play. Oh, yeah, without question. I would have them ahead of the, the quarterbacks who I don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to play. I also think there's a chance that, that San Francisco is pretty good and is a playoff team with Jimmy, and Lance might just taste some hill it or not play at all. Yeah, you know? they may get him some snaps here and there, but not nearly enough to be offensive rookie of the year. No, and if he does become the full-time starter, it's either because of the injury or the team's not living up to expectations. Not playing well, right, yeah, right. in which case you're probably not going to be. Right. Trey Sermon might have a better chance than him. Yeah. On the Niners. Yeah. I mean, if he becomes the guy in a good offense. They just don't have – they never have They never guy. commit to a guy, yeah. right. Uh, number seven, Devontae Smith. Yeah. Now, I think he's going to be targeted a lot more than Waddle, you know, guys like that. Yeah. Smith worries me a little as a prospect, but I think his landing spot's good for production. I think they'll be losing a lot. You know, he's probably going to lead the team in receptions. You would think so. I yeah. mean, you know, Eagles quarterback is Jalen Hurts. They played together for a while at, at Alabama. Yeah, there's that connection too. You know, so there's there's something there that uh, you know you'd think that okay he's he's got a chance to mm-hmm. catch sixty passes. Oh, I bet he I bet well more. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking seventy five ish. You know, I mean, I don't think he's have a Justin Jefferson type of year, but I would expect him to be highly productive. Number six is Jamar Chase. Yeah, uh, those three receivers in Cincy, I think, will pillage from each other. A That's little the bit. problem with Jamar Chase. Now he may. I don't know if he'll get a huge percentage of the pot. What's his over-under on catches this year, do you think? Hmm. I think Smith will catch more balls than him. Chase might do more with it. Yeah. And I think he's the much better player, prospect. He may end up with more touchdowns. I don't know, 70, 65? Yeah. I'm not sure how much they're going to throw. I mean, are they going to come out and throw it like they did last year with Joe Burrow? 45 times a game? I would hope not. Yeah. I mean, I I would think that they've learned learned their ways, but I mean— um, Mixon's making a lot of money, and Burrow's coming off an injury. Um, I think you want to. The offensive line's still not right. Settled, settled. I mean, they're always in three receiver sets, but that doesn't mean you can't run a lot. I mean, those. That said, their defense still stinks. Need to help help that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, Chase could blow everyone away, just because he's a spectacular player. I mean, I didn't see a Justin Jefferson year coming, and. I think Chase was a better player at LSU than Jefferson and a better prospect, but, you know, usage is big. Yeah. Number five is Zach Wilson. What if they're seven and nine, six and – or – Seven and ten. Seven and ten or six and eleven. I still don't see – like that. If there's major progress in New York, he'll be starting from day one. He's going to start from day one. That's the only thing that you can say about him. That's certainly the best. I I think that's about the, the spot where he belongs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like right. I, I don't. He's not going to be a front runner for it. He's not going to be head and shoulders. I, I just don't know that the weapons are good enough for him to be. I'm having a hard time painting the picture where he, he's the award winner. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Although Herbert won it last year. Or no, Herbert. Yeah, Herbert, yeah, Herbert won, won it. it. Yeah. They were 5-11. and 11. They were 5-11, and 11, right. Like, as, as, as great of a year as Justin Herbert had, he didn't win many games. No. I don't know what their record was, the two that Taylor started. I had, but either way, he you know, Herbert did not win a ton of games. I, I know Wilson was drafted earlier than Herbert was, but – I can't imagine Wilson having a similar rookie season to Herbert. Okay, but they were. I didn't they see were, Herbert coming either. They were six and nine in games started by Herbert last year. Okay, I mean that's still not tremendous. Yeah, and um, a lot of close ones. Yeah, and he threw for forty three. I mean, he had a good rookie year. Oh yeah, but the bottom line is they were still six and nine. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, I don't think the Jets can have a winning record this year. No. Uh, like if they get the six wins, that would be the that's the, progress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to paint the picture of how he wins it. Is they start to creep towards 500, things are going the right way. A year from there, you know, in this off season, we're all saying, well, the Jets have their quarterback. You know, you know that that would be a, a big step. But he almost needs a couple people ahead of him to stumble a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Four is interesting. Kyle Pitts. I don't know if a tight end's ever a won tight end has never won right. offensive rookie of the year ever. But, he but could, his reception total could match Smith or Chase. He could finish with the most catches of any rookie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, I don't. I could see a scenario where he catches eighty five passes. Yep. Without question. You know, and and you know, if he catches eighty five passes, it's, it's twelve hundred, thirteen hundred yards. Sets a new bar for what you ex- the expectations are for a tight end. Yep. Even I mean, though I, I kind of I wrote a story about Chase Claypool over the weekend. Um, said, you know, if he can make the D.K. Metcalf-like leap. Sure. You look at Kyle Pitts, you look at D.K. Metcalf, you look at Chase Claypool, they're all the they're same size. They're much different. They're right. the same size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One just has a T.E. next to his name. The other one's, the other mm-hmm. two have a, a, a W.R. He's probably a little longer, too. I mean, I bet his wingspan's a little little wider and legs are a little longer. But he, even watching him, he looks like a wide receiver. He doesn't look like a tight end. And, and it's not like he's – there's been other first-round tight ends, of course. But – Fantasy is huge, and people weren't taking those guys as the fourth or fifth fantasy tight end off the board. I right. mean, there's been a lot of hype around him before he's even played. If they had a T next to their name, though, would they have gone that high? Who, who, who would Claypool and Metcalf? Um, I don't know. Pro- probably not. I think that. Uh, you could, I mean, they still could, were second round picks. But I still think that people would have looked at that and go, "Well, he's got a you know." You look at what they did their rookie years, mm-hmm. and it was, I think, for both of them, right around 60 catches, 900 yards. Uh, Big plays. Metcalf had field, seven right. touchdowns. Claypool had nine. Yeah. You know, Deep threats. If they had a TE next to their name going into their second year. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. They're like top three. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, the other thing I think Pitts will need and certainly can provide, he needs to be on SportsCenter a lot. You know, like some highlight reel stuff or going over – I don't know, Jalen Ramsey or, you know, some good corners and plucking it over their heads or running away from defenders. And I think he's very capable of doing that. But if it's a boring stat line, you know, dumping it down to them in the fourth quarter when you're losing by 14 and it gets tackled, that might not have the hype to win it. I don't think that matters as much, though, because I think— I mean, the numbers will be there. The numbers. I think think so many voters as well. He had had 78 catches for, you know, 1,200 yards Mm -hmm. and seven touchdowns. He had more yards than any— wide receiver in this right. class. That's, you know, right. that'll be what people look at. So, you know, I think he can certainly be in the conversation. Which is amazing. I yeah. mean, even like Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard, uh, Najoku, uh, they were all first-round picks that year. I bet they wouldn't even have been in the top ten list. Right, you yeah. Know? I mean, like, it's, it's, it's awful difficult. 
Number three is a guy that we drafted a lot in fantasy. And even, real quick, I mean, as, as much as the Steelers and we're excited about Fryermuth, he's nowhere close to the top ten. You know, he's right, the he's, second tight end yeah. on the board. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we'll talk more about him later. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Um, number three is a guy we've drafted a lot in our f- fantasy drafts late, mm-hmm. Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance for a spectacular play. I know they're saying Dalton's a starter. I, I don't think that's – I think he's going to be the first rookie to play. Of the three that are oh, there in, aren't in guaranteed yeah, spots. Yeah, yeah. Not the top two picks, but – I I think he gets in there early. I don't know that he lights it up, but I bet he rushes for a lot and gives the fan base a lot of hope. And again, I think it's when the season's over, we'll be like, wow, it looks like the Bears actually have a quarterback. Yeah. They just traded Anthony Miller over the weekend. Mm-hmm. He's been disgruntled for a while, or they're disgruntled with him for a while. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It is. I mean, they're, they're not real deep at the receiver position. Yeah. But I don't think he was guaranteed to make the team. Uh, number two. Najee Harris. Good. I, I think most lists, at least right after the draft, didn't give him that kind of credit, including Vegas odds. You know, you could get him, at not a long shot, but he was not the top two or three, um, you know, best odds to win it. I, I think he should be two. Yeah. You could make the argument that he might be one. Right. Given the workload that he's going to get. And as much as they say this is a quarterback award, Mm-hmm. Four of the last eight years, a running back has won. Yeah, running backs offensive player the, the other guys have been wide receivers or, or quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Running back. Yeah. And I remember even three years ago, Baker won it over Barkley, which I thought Barkley deserved it more at the time. Yeah. To be honest with you, but yeah, I mean, Baker f- finished his rookie season extremely strong. But um, still, I mean, Harris to me is going to get every bit the workload of any of these incoming rookies that we remember. Uh, here's what uh, Lance has to say about it. Um, he should stack up the rushing yardage, but his ability as a pass catcher and touchdown maker could be the difference if he is to win this award. Yeah, if he went, Those are going to be there. Yeah, right, if right. he catches 50 passes and mm-hmm. scores double-digit touchdowns to go along with his and even if he's averaging 1,200 under, rushing yards. I mean, if, if the, the run game isn't a dominant one, if they're averaging under four yards a carry – He's still going to get rushes. And at here's, the end of the day, he's going to accumulate yards. Here's the, the thing ground. about that. James Robinson was a 1,000-yard rusher last year as a, right, as a rookie. a good example. They were second worst to the Steelers. They had the second worst running game behind mm-hmm. the Steelers. Right. With a 1,000-yard rusher. And I think he had the most – he got injured at the end of the year, I think. But he had the most touches of any – I mean, he had a – he was right there with Derrick Henry in terms yeah. of, of workload. So he was just getting the ball a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the th- it's a, it's about volume mm-hmm. to do that, and Najee Harris is going to get volume. Yeah, I think volume is a guarantee with him. I keep getting asked the question. Of course, are, Lawrence is one, by the way. Are the Steelers – is Mike Tomlin going to run the wheels off of this guy? Here's the thing. The analytics people tell us that you should never take a running back – in the first round of the of, of the draft, because sure. you can find these guys anywhere. The analytics also tell us that you're going to have a running back for five or six years. Mm-hmm. You got to use them. You got to use them, right, right, right. Like, is there such a thing as running the wheels off of this guy? You don't care what that second contract's going to look like. No, I think running the wheels off him is the is the move, and then you draft one five years from now or right. four years from now, and you know to keep that pipeline going, have a high end player there. And that's not a massive investment over a 10, 20-year you know, uh, span there. If, you, if you're drafting 
four high every 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and by that, I'm always talking about first round. It might but, be a second or third round, right, guys. Right, right, you right. find that, that, you know, you take him in Harris's third or fourth year and you say, okay. Yeah. Just like they did with with Bell and Connor. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then that guy, um, you know, you have four years with him. Maybe the first year he's still learning or waiting for the guy in front of him. And then he can still franchise him and run his wheels off. You know? Yeah. But chances of – I don't think anyone's counting on any running back when they draft them, sign them, whatever, to last ten years. Eight years, yeah, ten, ten years, right? You're not, you're not uh, you know, you're not drafting Walter Payton here. I'm no, just, right? They're, they have short, you know, shelf lives. And if they outlast that, okay, yeah, right, right, you know, right. You that's go fine. Year, year with it, or you get guys that are the outliers that can do that, and mm-hmm. that's that's great. You know, I would say this about Harris is physically. I mean, he's, he's you know, 6'1", 6'2", 230 pounds. He's a little older. If somebody could put up, you know, handle that kind of workload, you know, he's not a 510, or he's not a 210-pound running back who's going to get beaten up here. You know, you mentioned ATN. Like, I wonder if they would have even drafted ATN in the first round. You know, like, I, I think they want a workhorse. They want a you guy know, who's a bell cow. That's not a knock on ATN. He's yeah. just a different style of running back. Um, that leaves number one, Trevor Lawrence. Sure, and he'd be one on my list as well. Yeah. You know he's I mean? going to start from day one. He's going to, yeah. you know, he's the number one pick in the draft. Um, Nobody's guaranteed he's going to go well. Right. You know, I mean, right. he could have a Peyton Manning-like, Troy Aikman-like rookie year. Very much so. And and he'll uh, he'll have a very, very long leash, which could be bad, you know, in terms yeah. of the rookie year. I mean, if he's struggling, they're going to I mean, if he goes out there. and throws 20-plus interceptions, he's not going to be rookie of the year. No. And they'll let him do it. And, and they're going to let him do it right, because right, he's right. going to be learning. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he easily could win it. There's no doubt. I mean, he's a tremendous prospect. And they do some stuff around him. But there's a lot of new pieces there. I mean, I don't know that everything gels in Jacksonville from the start. And Lance's top dark horse candidate, mm. Mac Jones. That's possible. Yeah. I mean, he could win the starting job in camp. He could. I mean, there's a chance at least. I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't think so, though. I don't think that'll happen either, but I think it's a. I think it's out there. Yeah. I know? think I think they stick with Cam Newton until, you know, if things start to fall apart like they did last year, mm-hmm. then it's, okay, we're, we're done with this. We've, we've given Cam a year and a half. We know what he is now. We know right? what he is now. It's not, he can't do it anymore. We're going to, we're going to move on. Yeah. But it should be interesting. Those are your 11 candidates for offensive rookie. Hey, it's not a bad dark horse. No, it, it certainly isn't. Uh, one guy we've talked about uh, in, in, during this segment was Pat Fryermuth. I want to get to him when we come back. Okay. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And uh, one of the guys that I wanted to talk about has kind of been uh, one of the uh, stars of camp thus far, um, if you can call it that. Again, it's, it's just a carryover of football and shorts. Yeah. Uh, has been Pat Fryermuth. I'm really excited the, the about The rookie him. tight end out of Penn State. And he made some catches on Sunday, the last day that they were over at the south side, that can't really talk about what he did mm-hmm. but let's just say that they were high-end tight end catches they were high-end wide receiver catches they were high-end catches yeah and you saw that at Penn State you saw it on the move you saw it even you know flat-footed you see him adjust to the football well I should know this off the top of my head and I probably did around draft time but I don't know his arm length and wingspan but he plays with a very big catching radius because he can go pluck the ball away from his frame 
A lot of tight ends can't. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, a lot of them are heavier body type guys. Let and me just say this: he can pluck the ball from over top of a cornerback's head or a defensive back's head. Yeah, as well. yeah. I mean, that's that's not <laughs> something you see that often. I focused in on on mini camp a lot, even just in individual drills. And I saw him practicing. You know, ones outside the frame, and he has nice, big, strong, soft hands that translate to the game too. You know, this is a guy who on 92 career catches at Penn State had 16 touchdowns. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Kyle Pitts had similar numbers at Florida, mm-hmm. and everybody's well. This guy really gets he get, he knows how to score touchdowns. They weren't all one yarders either. Right? No, he's this. But even the red zone area is a hard one to navigate. There's a, an art to that. Yeah, um, I I think he has potential to be a, an impact player as a rookie. I do too. I think he's got a chance to be have a very bright career and be. I mean, this is extreme, but one of the better Steeler tight ends we've seen. I wasn't going to say the best tight end in Steeler history or something like that, but I mean, I think he's got a chance to be a high quality every down player that fantasy people draft every year and he makes a Pro Bowl or two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think he's got a chance to have a very solid career. And I, I won't, you know, deny it. Whenever they were on the board in the second round and they made the pick. I didn't roll my eyes, but I kind of went, wow. I wasn't you know, thinking that way. No. I was like, yeah. you, you ignored offensive line two picks in a row. I'm I'm a little shocked. I don't think I'd have gone that direction. But as often is the case with you know all teams, but especially the Steelers, when you really study it through their eyes, it adds up. I mean, I think they've wanted a tight end I think for they a had while. A, I think yeah. they had a distinct plan going into this. Like, okay, we want to get the running back. Mm-hmm. Harris, I, I think the draft fell exactly maybe how they wanted it I to fall. I think it absolutely did. You know, a lot of it was a bet on their scouting staff, their pro staff. Can we still get green or a similar center in round three? And you're playing chicken a little bit, yeah. you know. But, I mean, the, people don't think about, like, the pro scouting staff on, on draft day. They need to know the league and tell Kevin. Yeah. Brandon Hunt's telling them, no, I don't. No, these guys don't need this. They don't need that. Right. Because you know, that's what they do. They scout the NFL teams. Exactly. And these two teams that need a center, they need five other things. And I bet they don't. That's do down a, the list. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe they've got, they've got a right. guy who can step in and start right, right now. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then maybe, you know, like Landon Dickerson, I didn't see going to Philly. You know, yeah. we know Kelsey's not real long for this world, probably, but still. Then you look at it and go, ooh, I didn't see that one coming. Because if you have a great grade on them, sometimes the board doesn't fall that way. So, But I do think it, the, the Steelers are always good with supply and demand. There was very little supply at running back and tight end. Yeah. You know, we always talk about that with the running backs. There was three and then eh, Trey Sermon and then nothing. You know? yeah. The tight ends were, you weren't getting pits. You know, we knew that from day one. But if you didn't get Fryermuth. I don't know that I'm overdrafting Hunter Long or somebody like that. I mean, they're okay. Yeah. But I don't think they're the answer. I think they may have gotten three impact rookies in this draft. I think they got three longtime starters. Yeah, at least. And then you've got yeah, some right. other guys that, you know, you'll see. Yeah, you'll see. But right. I think, to me, Harris, Fryermuth, and Green all make a serious impact in their rookie years. Yeah, we said to open the show, it's rare to have rookie starters since day one, and two of them are right now starters. Yeah. I don't know that Fryermuth will ever be listed as a starter. I don't know that he'll be listed as a starter, but it wouldn't surprise me having seen him go through this now. I know right now, mm-hmm. having not seen him in pads, he's a better blocker than Ebron. Sure, than Ebron because Ebron won't Ebron won't slot. block anybody. Right. If you look at the tight end position like it really is, especially on this team, 
Ebron and Fryermuth aren't the same. I mean, they could they should have two different distinctions by their name. I mean, one one's a big slot and one's a tight end. So if you look at it in that light, Fryermuth is the starter as the inline lock. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and Ebron's the move tight end. And he's the move tight end. Yeah, you know. So I, I like the the fact that they can play a lot more twelve personnel this year too. But that means putting a good receiver on the bench. But having that ability, I think, helps a lot. And I, I harp on this, too, all the time. Like, yeah, give the, give the offensive line a hard time and the running backs a hard time last year. But the peripheral blocking, the other five or the other four, because one of them has a the ball in his hands and Ben's not going to block anybody, was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I expected a little more from Claypool. I, I expect that to change a little bit. Deontay's never going to you know move bodies. Right. Juju should be able to, and Ebron's got to get in the way a little bit more too, you know. But you upgraded there. Yeah, I think so as well. I I think what could end up happening is early in the season, Ebron gets a little bit more of the playing time. Mm -hmm. As the season goes on, as Fryermuth gets his feet under him, I think he starts to take that role over. Yeah, and become more of the the, the yeah. you know he gets sixty percent of the snaps where Ebron was getting sixty percent early in the season. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but I don't know that Ebron will be a Steeler in 2022. Yeah, I, I don't mean know. that's not a yeah. guarantee. And you know he makes some money, and um, you know he's useful. I'm a, I, I think I'm oh, glad he's on the team. And I'll I'll be honest with you, he's looked good Has catching he, the football. In camp. I thought he had a pretty good year. Yeah, to be very honest, the, the drops I don't think will ever go away with him, and he's never going to become a blocker. But he does the other things well, and you can see why he and, was. And I think an early you know, a year two of him with Ben will help. Yeah, I think I think they they'll have a they'll be a much better rapport there for those two. Tight end quarterback is maybe more valuable in terms of their relationship than receiver. They have to see things the same way. They really do. You know, where to sit down on the zone? If it's man, should I keep running? If it's zone, should I sit down? I always talk about the Wittens and Heath Millers and Gateses that play forever because they're so smart and they, they have such a rapport with their quarterback and they trust them. I mean, Jimmy Graham's still in the league. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, can't he run. runs like us. Yeah, you know, he, right. If you, if you told him to run to the end of the hall right now, yeah. five minutes later you could walk down there and he'd be getting there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And where I was going with this is I know Ebron's a veteran, but he was a new piece. I mean, him and Ben didn't play together and didn't have much of a camp or preseason to do it. So I, I do think that they like him and – um, trust them as a weapon. Yeah, I think there's something there. And having two of those guys, um, it, it's different than what we've seen the Steelers have in the past where they had their clear Very starter, different. and then the, the second guy was more of a blocker. Mm -hmm. Special and you, teamer you, type. You threw thing, him the right. ball t you know, 15 times a year just as, as a surprise. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you even know this answer, but do you think Fryermuth will be a regular special teams contributor? I mean, he'll probably be a wing on – you know, kick yeah, protections. He'll, yeah, he'll and, do some stuff out there until it becomes too valuable that you don't want to use him in that yeah, role. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of thinking, too, is maybe he doesn't even stay there, you know. Interesting. Yeah. It, no, it, but I like the player a lot. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was, was a, in four games last year at Penn State. Four. Yeah. 23 catches for 310 yards. Yeah. Uh, and a, he was a tight end. Kellen would know better than me, but I know they have a, a receiver who's supposedly a, a top draft guy coming up this upcoming year. But Hamler had just left, and it was pretty clear to me watching tape that Fryermuth was their their featured receiver. Yeah, you know, and that's you don't see many tight ends do that. The only other guy was, was Hunter yeah. Long. Uh, yeah, this Hunter year. Long absolutely yeah. was too. Yeah, and BC doesn't isn't always loaded with receivers either. 
But, yeah, I mean, to, to design a lot of offense around a tight end at a big program like Penn State speaks volumes. And to your point, scoring touchdowns, the analytics folks will tell you they're hard to, they're they're not very predictive year to year for tight ends they kind of are but I'll match that and say there's an art to it as yeah. well I mean operating in the red zone especially at the NFL level is hard I mean that's 22 big fast human beings in a very small amount of space and learning how to create space or contested catches being and, able to go up and, and high point the football right right you know in, in, in traffic the low one knowing right? you're going to take a hit and catch low ones yeah or on the run you know i mean so yeah i mean it sounds like that he has aerial skills he, he adjusts <laughs> the ball very well yeah. in the air yeah and that's something you don't see out of out of a lot of tight ends no no i mean as good as like heath miller was you didn't see that a lot from him as big as the Anto- you, know, style, you know as good as antonio gates was at it right right he was more of a, I'm going to screen you off with my body, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, to ask him to go up and, and get the football. Looks like a power forward from Kent State. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> you know Whereas I think Fryermuth catches the ball like a like a wide receiver mm-hmm. in those situations where he, you know, he can contort his body a little bit and make those kind of catches. Which makes perfect sense. I mean, Gates' background, not to compare the two, Gates is going to the Hall of Fame, but, I mean, Gates was a basketball player until very late in his athletic career, and – was one of those, the the true converts before people were doing that often, but so he wasn't doing seven on seven you know camps when he was fourteen years yeah. old like I'm sure Fryermuth was. I'll he say this too: Fryermuth was a very good high school basketball player as well. Was he? Yeah. You like you like to see that the ball yeah. skills and the rebounding and the time. You see some of that. I, I, and, I know. can remember people would talk about Plexico Burris and what a great high school basketball player he was. Mm-hmm. And how he didn't should, translate though. It didn't translate at all. I no. remember watching that going, I'll bet he wasn't a very good rebounder. <laughs> I bet knowing you, you're six one ish, I bet you're going I'm getting rebounds against Burris. If yeah. he plays like this. He might out jump me, but I'm gonna out, I'm gonna out position well, him I'm gonna time it up better. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's what rebounding's about. It's all about, you know, looking at the angle, okay, where's it gonna come down at? Yeah. You right, know, right, reading right. the ball in the air, that kind of stuff, and then mm-hmm. knowing when to jump. Side note on that, my year with the Browns, we played a lot of pickup hoops at, uh, what is it, Ohio Wesleyan's, like right across the street. And I was the second biggest guy, so I got to usually guard our tight ends coach, Ben Coates. <laughs> he, he got most of the rebounds against me. <laughs> that was not much fun. Yeah, yeah, we've done that a few times. At, well, not not so much recently, but back in the day, we would do that a lot. Yeah. Um, and I would, for whatever reason. played a lot of camp, too. We played a lot of camp, yeah. And the one year I got stuck uh, – Covering uh, uh, Mike Merriweather a lot. Ah, okay. And we battled. Yeah, we battled. <laughs> he was much bigger than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's a lot stronger. First yeah. round pick, you know, right? But yeah, we, you know, it, so I, I think the players actually played. Well, he was at that point was was in as a uh, scouting intern, I believe. Oh, okay. okay. So I thought things ended badly with him and the Steelers because he got traded. Nah, he, 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 he held fine. out or yeah, something. Yeah, no, he had, he stay, can stay with uh, in touch with the organization okay. and. He was a good player. That always happens with a lot of these guys. They may go away, but they're business decisions. No, of course, of course. I think everyone understands. I mean, it's different if it's, frankly, like an A-B situation. Yeah, I mean, you you heard that from David DeCastro when when he, you know, Mm -hmm. well, it's a business decision. I understand it. I'm not going to play football for two months. Right, right, right. Three months. Interesting. It's funny you brought him up. I know we got to go to a break. These segments are shorter. But it seems like his situation was almost the same as Michael Thomas's. Injured injured ankle, fought it all year, wasn't quite the same. 
thought he'd be back, thought he'd be back, and then I need another surgery, and it's late. You the know? only difference is, is, you know, Michael Thomas is much younger, and the mm-hmm. Saints weren't ready to move on. Like, hey, well, they don't have any kind of replacement plan. Yeah, we, plan, we better, we got to have Michael Thomas. There's nobody on the street that's comparable or, you know, right, yeah. right, and not even close in their, their receiver room either. Yeah, they're going to be in trouble, I think. Oh, I do, too. I yeah. think that's a bad injury for them. Yeah. Real bad. There's some teams that uh, are, are having some issues like that that you, you look at and go, boy, that's – And it's going to happen to more. I mean, yeah. it's all bad from here on out mostly, and hopefully the Steelers can avoid a, a fair amount of that. Yeah, we'll but see they how have that works depth. out. I mean, we just talked about Fryermuth. I mean, they, they could afford to lose a tight end, where most years they couldn't afford to lose a tight end. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So we'll see how this continues to work out. But that's going to do it for our first hour here uh, of the drive on Steelers Nation Radio. Matt and I are going to be back uh, here for the second hour right after this. Stay right here. Don't you go anywhere.